Well, folks, the time has come. Dolly Parton is now a rock star. I'm Charlie. And I'm Corey. And this week, we will be discussing Dolly Parton's newest album. It is entitled Rockstar. This has been a long hinted at album for a while now. Um, she started hinting at it after she was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because she said, I'm not a rock singer. I shouldn't be in there. But if I'm going to be in there, I should do like a rock album. And so now this album has uh, turned its head and it's here. And so, um, but we we had to do it. It's a wild ride. Uh, we've got a beautiful singer doing it who we haven't discussed yet. So that's really fun to do. And a lot of special guests uh, when Dolly calls people answer. <laughs> we were talking about special guests last week and how it was so cool to see all those, you know, everybody come together. And then this week it's like, yeah. That ain't nothing compared to everybody that yeah. came together for I mean, Dolly. In this case, it's a couple of the same names as last week. <laughs> true that. True that. It's it's wild. Even, I mean, down to the the personnel on this album, as far as session players and cats, I I have this awesome little like running through it. I have these awesome little just like mini fantasies of like why this person was on this album, what maybe why they wanted to be on this album. There's some crazy artists. I I won't even go through all of them, but do yourself a favor, check out everybody who's playing on this. Not just singing, but playing on this yeah, album. There's it's very notable and they are prominently given um features actually. Like it's listed as yeah. featuring this person even if they're just, even if they're not singing on it. Yeah, man. Which I think is very cool. I do appreciate that. Because um, these are some very, I mean, they're very impressive, important people too. Even if they aren't singing. They are important. And it's really, um, and I'm glad it's done here, but it's very important. If you're going to take that stance, hey, I'm not Rock and Roll Hall of Fame worthy because I'm not in rock like that. Not you're not just doing one-offs with big names. Everybody's in on this, and you're showing it out there. But embodying it or embracing the whole entire rock, which is cool. As a premise, it's super cool. Yes, I completely agree that it is cool. And um, obviously, there are a lot of covers here, which uh, makes sense with um, a not-rock artist. It makes sense that we'll go that route However, uh, there are also nine Parton compositions on here, um, and eight of them are brand new. One of them is a re-recording of an old song, but the other's brand new um, songs. Uh, we'll discuss how much each one fits on the rock scale and how much it um, fits this concept, but I do think it's an important piece how, like, in this massive album, we have almost an album's worth of just Parton originals. Yeah, I, I didn't expect that. I knew there were a few on here, but to see almost a full album, like you said, was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. Uh, and um, the question is, yeah, how do they stack up? This has definitely been highly anticipated. There's a bunch of different variants of it. Um, and uh, there, it, 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 there is a good possibility that this will become actually Dolly Parton's first number one album on the Billboard 200 that i hope it does i, I my, hope so too my main thing is i really am more so curious to see how the mass populace t what it does with this you know um because there's so much in my opinion that could be done you could really learn a few things you could really 
uh reminisce on 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 things past there's this album hits a lot of cool places in my brain um as far as the way it makes me feel so i'm excited to see how everybody feels as well yeah um, so far the critics uh it's kind of it's mixed the positive i would say the reviews um the criticisms being noted are definitely big ones but a lot of people just admire the fact that she's doing it which you do have to give her credit for admittedly that is a big part of the appeal of this. It is very much a novelty in that way, because it is not what you expect from the queen of country. No, and even the worst criticisms I saw always went back a little bit of what they said by saying, but it's Dolly, and because of that, it's a little bit better than, than what I'm saying. I also like that this album didn't rest on those laurels. It doesn't feel like for better or for worse, that it was just like, okay, give me the top hits and I'm going to sing them out. And I'm I'm happy about that. As much of a novelty as it is, it did really put itself up there like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, I've seen this just kind of describe this Dolly karaoke. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I do think a, there's a bit more if you're listening to it that makes some of these different but maybe you could almost split it in half. Like maybe you could say half of it's just Dolly Oki and the other half is not almost. I don't know. Dolly Oki is a new thing. And it's definitely a thought I had throughout this. My thought was more so like almost like being at a karaoke evening and Dolly being in your crew and getting up there and singing some what's, you know, some songs that you don't expect her to sing. Uh, that's where I went, but I don't think it's anywhere near her just belting out karaoke songs. You know? No, not at all. There was definitely more put into it. Um, one interesting thing, though, is there were a few duets that, because of like shipping or time constraints or something, that didn't make the album, or like if I don't know if they were recorded or not, but if they were, they're not here. Um, and there's one name I'm very disappointed was not included, and that's Cher. I'm thinking you couldn't have waited for Cher, really? Yeah, I can only imagine that it's super tough to get everybody together, regardless. I mean, it I is. read, yeah, she definitely no. couldn't get Mick Jagger, uh, no. tried, you know, and uh, that happened a few times throughout this album, so that yep, does stink. But uh, you know what? I think that's enough preamble. I'm ready to talk about all these songs. I'm ready to get into it. A little Easter egg. We usually start off our Zoom call here when we're doing this, you know, talk about the week, talk about what's going on in each other's camps. We basically had a mini podcast. We said hello and then just started talking about this album. So we are super excited to get this rolling. Yeah, this was, it was fun to dive into uh, Dolly Land, or Dolly, not the, the real Dollywood, but the figurative <laughs> Dollywood again. Uh, definitely, I mean, it's definitely made me want to go back out and listen to some of my Dolly CDs that I have. So <laughs> it, it's that kind of thing. But in the meantime, we have this new Flash Old material, and we're going to dive into it, because we just can't wait any longer. Yeah, man, let's do it. Yes, so um, the album begins with the title track, Rockstar. This is a part in composition, and uh, it features Richie Sambora, formerly a Bon Jovi on guitar. Uh, I kind of see this as more of an intro to the album than an actual 
serious song. Uh, it's pretty silly. It doesn't take itself too seriously. I think that works both in its favor and to its detriment. Um, for me, it's honestly a bit more to its to its detriment. Like I don't hate it, but there's I do think of Dolly Parton as a serious musician. She's not just some campy joke figure. She's a very legit and a heartfelt artist. And this doesn't showcase that. This showcases another side of her that I don't care for as much. Yeah, my first notes on this track is this is Dolly's WWE entrance song. Uh, it definitely didn't take itself too seriously. Uh, and for me, I I try to look and think like, okay, Dolly, she likes to do these little talking pieces here and there on her album. She's just that kind of beautiful artist. I can sort of dig this little intro with with the child and the parents. Um, for me, the distorted vocals coming out of it to to start a Dolly album, I would much rather have her voice in the forefront here. Those distorted vocals took a little bit away from me. By the middle, it starts to really showcase. I have a tough time with it trying not to feel like it's just contrived. Uh, and that's what I don't want this album to be. So first listen on this first track, I'm like, oh, Jesus, no. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. I can hear you in there. Let's not have a contrived album where you're just doing it for the sake of it. So I got a little worried there. As far as the composition goes, like I said, it's it's there. Um, it's a neat little. I like the the thought of handling it as an intro. I, I'm with that. From now on, track one is just the intro to this album for me. Yeah, I completely am with you on that. And I think that's pretty well evidenced by the fact that track two was actually the lead single, not this. <laughs> it makes sense. Because, uh, yeah, I do kind of think that um, track two is more of a full, real song opener. And that is Worlds on Fire. Um, she performed this back at the ACM Awards uh, back in May. There's way too many country awards shows. I don't follow country much, but who can keep up with that? It's too much. <laughs> um, I did watch that performance and I thought, you know, it doesn't sound that out of place from modern country music at this thing. It's not uh, the most rock thing I would have expected, but I do like it. It's a, a rare, explicitly political song from Dolly Parton. Uh, like, she's straight up saying the world's on fire and uh, we're in trouble. And that's usually not what she's doing. But I do think that it is a novelty, yes, but I do think it's serious, too, because it is not in her usual wheelhouse. It's like, I definitely believe what she's saying and do think that it's sincere. It's a good, different side of her. I don't think it really rocks hard, but I do think that it's a good intro to everything and to the era because it definitely has an earwig of a chorus. So I do think it was a smart single choice. And I do think it eases the country Dolly fans into this new sound. Yeah, that, the country sound here can't be denied. Whether it eases um, country Dolly fans into this album, I hope that's what it does. Whether it sings as just her style that is unescapable i also hope that that's the reason here um being one of her originals for me i take a step back and say wait a minute is there a dolly album in here and they're just trying to stuff it into this rock album you know we talked about how much um original content is here there 
this one doesn't necessarily fit as well as I would expect it to. And again, a little bit worrisome first listen through by track two, like, man, is she going to be able to pull this rock premise off? We get the claps right after the intro on this. I like the way the song sets off. I, I like the opening riff of this song. I think it, that fits the most out of this song. But once you get into these claps, it really brings us back into the country. Now, she does a great job not being too preachy here inside of this political take. I really like how she does that. Keeps it in this very country but poetic style uh, throughout this message. For me, the song really sets off into, or it gets propelled into this place where it becomes a fuller composition right after, it's like about two minutes. Uh, and she says, though, just be sure the words can't break bones or can break bones. I'm sorry, uh, can break bones. And then it really sets off. Doesn't necessarily fit the where I think this album is supposed to go at this point, but it's okay. It's a, it's a, it's a cool song. It's a neat original from her. In, an, in a new vein. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Uh, is it like one of her top songs ever? No, but it's a cool little thing. But uh, now, after two originals, we are on to our first uh, collaboration cover. Um, even though it's not really as much of a collaboration as I would have thought. This is um, Every Breath You Take, and it's accredited as featuring Sting, but he doesn't even have his own verse. He's just on the backing vocals. So this is not a Dolly and Sting duet, which I was a little disappointed by. Actually, no, not a little, just straight up disappointed. I was expecting a duet between these two singers. Um, But disregarding that, uh, this unfortunately does not work for me at all, really, because... Um, this is a menacing song. It's about stalking somebody, and Dolly Parton does not have that in this interpretation. There's nothing menacing about the voice. She sings it straight, and uh, that's a problem. This is going to come up a lot here. When we're sticking to the original arrangements, and you sing it as you usually would... I think that's a real problem when you're not hearing what you expect uh, against a carbon copy almost of uh, the original track. This is a similar one. And uh, I don't know, this is just, this doesn't work for me at all, unfortunately. It works for me in a weird way that is so almost the opposite of what you were saying, but more so I was... After track one and two, I was happy to hear that she was doing Sting's verse. And I really liked the fact that she was taking it on. And at least at this point that the artist was embracing it. I think Sting added a lot here where they had these original harmonies, which I really enjoyed as far as the composition went along. Um, they, they worked well together. Their voices worked well together. And I liked it for that reason. As far as sticking to the record version, I'm not looking for note to note here. I'm actually not looking for note to note here. But this one, it did fall a little flat as far as paying homage to its its original form. Yes, I I don't want note to note necessarily either. And she has in the past beautifully reinterpreted songs and made them her own. But I do think it's an issue when... Uh, 
she's singing it as she would sing Jolene, and it's not Jolene, it's every breath you take. Um, and a uh, suggestion, I think the better choice song choice would have been, actually been um, Every Little Thing She Does Is Magic. <laughs> that would have been cool. I think that would have been a much better song <laughs> choice for Dolly. Her hitting those everything that would have been cool. That's neat. I like that. I also can't believe that this is the first of the uh duet pieces, so to speak. As Not far much as of a on duet. Yeah, <laughs> as far as on the album. Like this is the one that you're leading us with and saying this is what the, you know, I, I feel like you lose a couple of listeners here. I've there's way more powerful renditions so to speak that could be put in this third spot and this could be later on the album and maybe even shine a tad bit better depending on placement i do agree this is not the best spot for it it is too early on another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Yeah. And uh, we're actually going to keep the ballads going, actually, a bit with track four, which is Open Arms, Journey cover. Um, And actually, this features Steve Perry himself, and that is Pretty impressive because Steve Perry has not performed or recorded with Journey in 25 years. Yeah. So uh, they still tour all the time. I will not go see them, though, because what's the point? Uh, In my opinion, I think Steve Perry elevated that band greatly. Uh, One of the best voices ever. Um, He doesn't sound the same here as he did in the 80s. But I still think that it's a singular, unique, beautiful voice, and I'm happy to hear him singing on it. Um, and honestly, I think more than I think this song works well for Dolly. I think it's a power ballad, but it's soft. And I think that suits her very well. I think this was a really good uh, um song choice and it's been covered a lot through the years but i'll say this now maybe a hot tea take for some i'll take this over mariah carey's version any day well speaking of mariah carey's version i would think that maybe i'm reaching but that some of the younger listeners to this album are automatically going to think mariah so for me it was an an odd choice again pacing wise this early in the album because I think it speaks to Mariah more than rock for a bit of of some generations there. Yeah. That being said, Perry and Dolly kill it together. Uh, it gets a little bit weak on Perry's end towards the end of the song um, as far as harmonies go. But I, I think Dolly's perfect for this. I, I'm with you. I like this version. Uh, it, it's definitely a good pick for Dolly. Again, it's just pacing or, or spots on this album like where where songs are placed i think it could have been arranged a lot better actually oh, yeah <laughs> to make it a cohesive running piece rather than like okay I'll, I'll skip to this or i'll skip to this oh yeah i feel like it's almost more of a playlist than an album yeah. I'm, um, I'm with you there i mean this isn't even this early on in a in on 
the Escape album from Journey that it comes from <laughs> for their greatest hits. So, yeah, no, it's real. <laughs> like it's on the second half of Escape. Yeah. So that's all I'm saying. So I'm not <laughs> understanding that choice, but uh, I still enjoy it very much individually on its own. But uh, we are going to pick up the pace with um, track number five, which is Magic Man, the Carl version. I'm thinking this is named for Dolly's husband, Carl. He's a big rock fan. He act- She's actually said multiple times over the years, yeah, he really doesn't care for my music. He's more into like ACDC and stuff. <laughs> like That's awesome. <laughs> so I like that it does this. But uh, this, uh, we do get Ann Wilson, the amazing, iconic lead singer of Heart, as well as Howard Lease, who was the longest-serving band member of Heart, not with the last name Wilson. Uh, He hasn't played with them since 1998, but he is... He's here on it. He played the Moog keyboards on the original version, and I love that they got him back for this, even though he doesn't play with the Wilsons anymore. I do think, overall, this is a pretty good recreation of that magic man sound uh and i did see this one was released before the album i've seen some flack for the vocals out there like these two don't sing well together um they're very different singers i actually think dolly's voice is a lot closer to nancy wilson's than ann wilson's most definitely but i i for me it works in its own weird way i think dolly like for those verses of the song, which were sung kind of softly to begin with. I think she pulls that off well. And uh, I mean, this isn't the craziest vocal show off for Ann Wilson. Um, It still is one. They all are. But the original isn't. But I I, it, I think she sings the song well, um, maybe a bit unexpectedly, but I think Dolly sings it well and Ann I expected her to sound good. She sounds fantastic as usual. Yeah, I I love this version. I'm with you. I was really questioning how they were going to handle this duet Uh, on paper. uh, You know, just my brain going. I'm like, ooh, this might be tough. I don't know. Like these, like people are saying, they don't think they work well together. I disagree. I think this shows again, and we get this a lot on the ones that really stick the landing. Uh, in my opinion, but the original artist taking a different perspective and taking a step back because this is a Dolly album, uh, just really as support for her. And I like that. And in my opinion, Ann Wilson does this here by pulling her punches a bit uh, as far as vocally and for the right reasons here. And I love it. Um, You know, Howard Lease is still rocking those those riffs. This it ends on that triumphant ending, and they stick the landing. Uh, this this should have been in the three spot. How the hell? Uh, I'll get I'll get. <laughs> how could you not put this right there? If you're gonna have that rock star, which we said intro, world on fire, then throw Magic Man right there, and everybody hook line and sinker is in on this album, and the album's rolling. Yeah, I agree. This would have worked. To- better with different songs surrounding it at the very least <laughs> but um i do enjoy this version a lot i think this is a pretty hard song to ruin but they 
paid true they did it justice and that's what matters so all right magic man uh best so far i don't think it's a thing that i don't think that's a hot tea take to say it's the best so far here it's um, definitely it's definitely at the lead we'll keep we'll keep a tally magic man is the champion of this album so far <laughs> so far yes um but now we are on to another cover duet this is um long as i can see the light credence clearwater revival uh john fogarty joins her on this um this is a really good material match. I feel like the Creedence Clearwater revival, they have like that rootsier, bluesier kind of sound. And I think that suits Dolly Parton well. Uh, I think they both sound good on it. The problem is I don't love the production here at all. I think it sounds just way too slick. And um, not Credence. It's just... They're doing like the Credence arrangement, but it doesn't have that raw energy that Credence gives. And that's the big issue for me. This one's a pretty big disappointment, in my opinion. Great material match. Could have been great. Probably would be amazing live, but not with this um, arrangement. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I hate saying that I don't like this right off the bat, but even from first listen just the intro and the first piece is like wow i am not with this they right off the bat they just don't seem to fit together for me and it falls flat later on they come i guess full circle where the voices are actually doing what i thought they might do but it's a little bit too much too late um it's it's definitely it definitely didn't beat magic man magic man still has the the uh the title at this point in my notes i have least favorite so far because sadly enough it is my least favorite so far on the album yeah it's definitely the biggest disappointment um so far for sure uh i mean honestly hearing i'm just like oh well at least they didn't ruin fortunate son or proud mary <laughs> i uh, hate to uh, think that but yeah we could do a whole podcast of why you know like i i've go on deep diving into like why haven't they done this why didn't they do this you know oh, there's they, a lot they, of that here yeah I have, <laughs> I have suggestions as to how you could have done this differently heard um but uh we're uh, we're not well we're kind of it doesn't really <laughs> we're kind of there but it doesn't apply as much to the original songs because they're originals and uh but we're on the track number seven which is either or this is a duet with Kid Rock. Uh, not everybody, not all of Dolly's fans are happy about this duet partner choice because uh, Kid Rock is known for his conservative politics that does not jibe with everybody, which I understand. But Dolly says, oh, I love everybody and I hate cancel culture. And so that's a good neutral statement for her. Um, but the part of me is wondering, like, did they do it just to draw attention to the song and get people to listen to it, have some controversy in there? Because the song, it's a filler track. There's really nothing there. And that's not on Kid Rock. I'm not going to fault him for the song. Uh, I just don't think the song itself has much going for it. I definitely, actually, I'll say it now. This already is the weakest original, easily. All the other ones are better coming forward from this 
pulling no punches there. And I'm, I'm with you, you know, uh, we usually, we say not to get ahead of ourselves, but I'll tell you straight up and down. Uh, I'm in an either or situation here uh, for me on this track. And that either, or is either you keep the actual track and make it a dolly by herself where it works. It's not a terrible composition. I, I actually like the song when I'm trying to picture Kid Rock out of it. So my either or is keep it there or find somebody else. Not in a I hate Kid Rock stance. Not in a I hate what he stands for stance. I, I like the way Dolly handled that here with him. But it he just takes me out of the song, unfortunately. Uh, on this track, it's I wish this song was with someone else uh, because... I think someone that could handle it musically could have added to this and really made this whole. Uh, it's 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 a miss. It's a big miss for me. I will say back to the drawing board. If there ever is, do this song justice, please, because there is there is a good song in there. Yeah, I do. It would have. De- I think I think it would have been better as just the Dolly solo composition, but it is. A- you, you cannot deny that in terms of all the people included on this album, talent wise, Kid Rock is in the bottom part of that. I can only think he's a very charismatic dude. From what I understand, you know, in the community, he is respected as far as like being one of those artists that's very easy to work with, very approachable. Yes. And, and, and he runs in a bunch of different circles. The only way I can think is this is like, him and Dolly know each other, and it's like, oh, come on, kid. Yeah, I'll put you on this one. Let's do this. That's the only way I can figure on this one. No, I can't imagine he was a hard guest to get. No, well, <laughs> even, yeah, but more so of like, a, you know, kid, I love him. Come on, we'll do one. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only way I can figure it out. <laughs> yeah. This would be a crowd killer at his bar in Nashville. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, heard that. Heard that. But uh, uh, we uh, fortunately are on to a, a much better duet with a different singer. This is I Want You Back. It's a duet with Steven Tyler. It's an original composition, not a Jackson 5 cover. Um, <laughs> so I know you. it was easy to have thought, like, oh, she's doing the Jackson 5. She's not. <laughs> um, this is a pretty solid, like, good Missing Your Lover tune. It definitely has some real uh, country bluesy elements to it. But I think that's a good um, choice for the guests, frankly. You got Steven Tyler of Aerosmith, who early on were a straight-up blues rock band. They changed into different directions. I like it all from Aerosmith, but that's how it was. But I think they sound really good together, um, both singers. Uh, He had a good vocal day. I know right now his vocal cords are injured, and their tour had to be postponed i wouldn't be surprised if it gets completely canceled but enough about that i'm glad that we have this i think it's a really nice song i like this one it is it's a really nice song um i I love this track there's a tiny bit of in my opinion and i know you might hate this there's a tiny bit of over showmanship on steven tyler here he gets me a little he gets me a tad bit at the end with the the yes, I know it's him. I totally respect the choice uh, of taking him on this blues track. I was so pumped when 
I'm not going to lie. I clicked on this track first because I thought it was Jackson 5. That's why I was laughing when you said that earlier. It was the first track. I was like, no way. Uh, but to see this to see this come all the way around and, and be a neat track was super cool to see. I definitely think the superstar of this track is my man, Warren Haynes, man. He killed it on this track. Listen to this track. He is going at it. I picture him with a big old smile in the studio next to Dolly and Steven Tyler. That's a trio right there. So shout out to my man, Warren Haynes. He killed it on this one. It is definitely a cool track. Very much so. But it's funny that you mentioned first one you click on because uh, anyone who knows me will not be surprised that the first one I clicked on was the next song, which is our ninth track. What has rock and roll ever done for you? This is it. It's the duet with Stevie Nicks. There is even a meme saying that the world will come together once Dolly Parton and Stevie Nicks do a duet together. Well, <laughs> they've done it. Um <laughs> And they picked a really interesting way to do it. It's unlike um, any other duet here. It's not a hit. It's an unreleased song that Stevie Nicks wrote in the mid-80s. She first recorded it during the Rock-A-Little era, which uh, that's an album that we covered. If you want to hear about that, check out our episode. And uh, um. She also, oh, Stevie Nicks also wanted to put it on Fleetwood Mac's Tango in the Night, but her bandmates rejected it. Uh, mm. So, uh, which is very interesting because it is a better song than uh, When I See You Again on that album. But <laughs> that's a different discussion. Uh, it's not the best Stevie Nicks song ever. It's not the best thing she wrote. I don't think it's the most major lost jam. I do think that it's a fun song and it's about how like she'd do it all again if she could. And this was a good way of having the guest elevate the song for on both counts. Yeah. Uh, because I think Stevie knew like this song needs something else. And Dolly wanted Stevie on the album. So I think it's very mutually beneficial. And it's they're having so much fun together. Like they have banter in there and obviously it's planned out but it sounds really genuine and they're just i can tell these ladies had a really good time recording this uh and that is what matters most to me um so i'm a really big fan of this i'm so happy it exists it's super awesome uh, it's done for the right reasons you can tell you can tell they're having fun i will even go as far as to say as as a nick song this has a country mentality in its lyrics of even you think the title is is a melancholy title but by the end you see rock and roll has done everything for for the the narrator so it's it's a neat one i really enjoy that they're together on this i'm so glad in this case that we didn't get a stevie nicks hit with dolly on it i think this is the the way you do I won't say the way you do the album, but this is the way you do it with the artists that you could have picked 17 million hits. You do one from the heart and these girls had a ball and it, it shines. It shines like a diamond right here, especially in this little part of the album that we're in. It shines like a diamond. Yeah, no, I'm glad they didn't pick a hit either. Uh, I wish more people followed this route, honestly, but um, I'm glad that they did the right thing here. 
Uh, but if you are wondering, well, what's rock and roll done for me? One thing it can do for you is hopefully get you to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening to us. Uh, follow us wherever, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, we're on all of them. Also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Turntables and Tea Podcasts and on X at Turntables Tea. That's where you'll get all the updates on our latest episodes. And now... Back to Rockstar. Uh, we, we've got a solo cover coming up, and this is an ambitious one for track number 10. Um, it's none other than Purple Rain. I don't think this song needs an introduction. Um, I wasn't sure about this. I think a lot of it, I was literally talking to our friend Sal about this at the bar. I was like, I just cannot imagine Dolly Parton singing I never wanted to be your weekend lover. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot about this that I was like, I I don't care what multiverse it is. It doesn't make sense in my brain going in. No, um, no, not at all. I'm like, how's this going to be? But funny story. This seems to be the one getting singled out the most by fans. There was even a Rolling Stone article about this particular cover praising it and uh, i agree she pulled it off and she took some small liberties with this song like nothing that's going to make purple rain unrecognizable but she tones down the overt rock elements focuses more on the gospel and soul we even get a choir in there and i think that was a smart choice for dolly to do because she has experience singing gospel songs uh I wish more songs took these small liberties with the arrangement so Dolly could make them her own. I think what she did here was really beautiful. And uh, I mean, this song's from my favorite album of all time. I was just, I was skeptical, but she pulled it off. So props to you, Dolly. Uh, Honestly, many things can be forgiven because she pulled Purple Rain off. It was a it was a good choice with the gospel mindedness of Purple Rain. It was something that in that aspect, I I really thought was attainable. Maybe. I don't dig it, man. I, I don't dig it. I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying she didn't get through it. I'm not saying she didn't pay homage. I'm not saying again. I am saying that it was a great choice to do it in this pulled back here's my beef the rockless sense of it kills me on it because at at what point does it serve to put this on here if you're just gonna do it as a gospel um that's really where my beef comes from and is she does she hit it in a beautiful musical sense of course she's a killer like that but i don't know man it doesn't it doesn't doesn't hit for me I, i i'm not digging it i'm Ah, man, I want to dig it, but I'm not. I'm sorry. Oh, all right. You're in the minority on that <laughs> one. Uh, that is what it is looking like. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that, that sorry was to you and to Dolly for some reason. Like, I feel like I'm doing an injustice here saying I don't dig it, but uh, it's not me, man. I do get what you're saying about the rock is stripped from it, but at the same time, I... I get what you mean about it fitting on the album, but I think it was the smart choice to do that because I'm sorry, I don't want to hear some Nashville person try and play Prince's riffs. (laughs) Because that would have been horrible. Then I would have been upset. 
I'll play devil's advocate though. The amount of players that we have on this shit, let Warren Haynes play Bridges riff. You know what I'm saying? Uh, let Frampton play the riffs. Uh, that's just me. And I know that's like a fantasy booking type of thing. They're not all standing in the room together, but it's just my beef. My yeah. <laughs> Well, it's funny. So speaking of Peter Frampton, he actually got on the album because his friend sang backup on I Want You Back, the Steven Tyler duet, and then he ended up on the album and they covered Baby I Love Your Way from Frampton Comes Alive. Uh, I mean, I'm happy to hear that he's on the album because I know he's had some uh, pretty severe health issues in recent years. So I'm glad to hear that he's still able to play and sing for us. Uh, that's really good news. And he sounds good on the song. And I, again, I think this was the smart choice. I mean, Frampton's not so heavy that, like, a Dolly Parton doing a Frampton song is that out of the realm. It's not as odd as her doing a Prince song, that's for sure. But I do think this was the right choice, and I think they sound, I think they sound good doing it. Uh, I, uh, this one passes for me. Yeah, the, the small fantasies I was talking about going through the list and being like, how do people get on or how does this come about? And when I read that, th this is the epitome of it. Like Frampton, this is it speaks to the dolliness of Dolly Parton. It speaks to, you know, who she is, this, this wild uh, artist that everybody wants to be in on uh and and one of those people's frampton like literally calling his friends like dude get me on this album i want to get in i want to do a track with dolly great pick did i need to hear dolly on the vocoder no i didn't you know so i and we didn't have to go too far into the frampton discography i think this one was a really good one uh, he does sound awesome on it inside of it i was almost like are they really are they going to let peter frampton sing on this track because dolly gets a good bit of it and i like that again i like when you have these artists coming and taking a new perspective on their tunes this one this one's definitely a pass for me we, we sort of forgot if anything had taken it away from magic man which i don't think it has maybe maybe purple rain has taken it away for you uh but this one this one's up there it, it's done really well it's done really well i agree completely uh, yeah i do agree we did not need to hear the dolly parton version of show me the way <laughs> yeah right right <laughs> would have been fun in an ironic sense but not for this <laughs> <laughs> save that for the dolly Oki, uh album yeah. you know? <laughs> but uh we're we're going to be shown another way now with our 12th track, which is, um, I Hate Myself for Loving You. This is a Joan Jett song. And, uh, once again, Joan Jett's on the song because everybody's here. Um, the album's called Rockstar and you're not going to sing I Love Rock and Roll. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. I'm, I'm the other side on that. I think I was so freaking happy that they didn't do that song. <laughs> I'm sorry, maybe because I, I don't want it to be so on the nose, you know. I wanted to have some tongue in cheekness. Some I, I, that's just me. I, I, again, fantasy booking, but for me, that one was a an an upside. Oh, I yeah, I, we're on two sides of the of the <laughs> same coin there. I wanted, I think that would have been awesome. But uh, either way, this one kind of similar to the Stevie Nicks song. It does have some banter going on. I don't think it's quite as genuine as um it was on the Stevie Nicks song. Yeah. 
But uh, I think, well, Joan Jett's a different personality, a bit more buttoned up than uh, Ms. Nix. But um, I love that Dolly's really going in and working with the rock queens here. <laughs> uh, that's a great, I, I just love that she did that. Um, I These two singers harmonize beautifully. I wasn't expecting that, but they do. This is a bit jarring to hear Dolly Parton singing lead on. Because like I said, the arrangements... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A carbon copy of the original, and she's just not that singer. But I can't think of a Joan Jett song where that really would have worked, because they're all, for the most part, pretty heavy. At least uh, her hits are. So in that regard, it's an odd, it's an odd idea. Uh, I mean, I understand wanting Joan Jett on the album. I think that she absolutely should be here. You're not going to hear me say that, but I do think it's a, a strange fit for this Dalioki, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm with you on that part. Uh, it, the fit on this isn't. It is a, a bit strange. Um, I don't know whether that adds to me enjoying this. This one had the most, and I say this with the utmost respect. This one had the most comedic relief on the album for me the way this started off with this grand old opry sort of banter back and forth it was really uh a really wild contrast to who and what i think of when i think of joan jett uh and and a really wild way to go into this song it it, it just is a weird weird's a crazy word to use but it's just a different fit here that is not my favorite it, it, it's it's a good way through this song but it's it's not doesn't hit right for me but i'm i am glad that it's that i will i love rock and roll I, I like i said i think that would have been just too nail on the head uh but yeah it, it still hasn't taken the the title away just yet oh no this one it, this is pretty middle of the pack overall for me um term in terms of the album yeah. But uh, we are going to go into a different route with a slower song again. I do think that the transitions between up-tempo and slower songs are a bit jarring here. I will definitely say that. But um, I stopped saying it just because I feel like I was beating a dead horse, but... <sighs> it bears saying at this point. We literally are going from Joan Jett the Bob Seger. Yeah, there's so many different ways to arrange this album. It's uh, it's it's aggravating almost it, by this it, point. It actually is, but we do get possibly the signature Bob Seger song, Night Moves. Bob Seger was unable to participate because uh, he has had vocal issues, unfortunately. I'm sorry to hear that. that that's the case. But Dolly got uh, Chris Stapleton instead, a Nashville staple, but he has the voice for it. He... His voice works for both rock and country, and he seems to be a pretty uh, reserved personality. 
in the country music world, which I like, because uh, uh, some of them, yeah, I don't like their personalities. Let's just say that. But <laughs> that's why we don't talk about them on this podcast. But I'm okay with Chris Stapleton. Uh, and I think they're very good duet partners. They both come from a Nashville country background, and it works on that level. The problem is that so the song's almost six minutes long, and on its own, that's fine. I'm not saying, oh, you have to cut night moves, and, like, I'm not saying you should. It's a problem when the album's 30 songs long, and track 10 was Purple Rain, which is almost eight minutes long. I think that these long songs do affect the pacing of the album in a negative way. Yeah, I, I so I'll play devil's advocate only in the sense of, like, staying true to the original and and some of those longer rock songs i think there's some on here that could be cut down um again it goes into how this whole album is arranged you know it, it regardless this one as far as a duet seems the most organic to me um really close to the stevie nicks so far you know like this one just feels like it was meant to be uh it was it's so sad to hear that that Seeger couldn't get in on this. And it wasn't like they planned it knowing that um, from what I've read. And I believe you've read, you know, they had to on the last minute bring in Stapleton for this. He kills it, man. They both kill it. But like, he's a really good choice for this. Uh, he he does. He has that voice. They they do this version. Uh, they do this this original um really well they they pay homage to this original super super on point i i definitely dig this one this is this is a pass for me even with its length just because it stays so on top of the original i don't well no i don't mind the length on its own for the song itself i just don't love it in the pacing of all of this that's my problem no, i hear you whoever whoever well i shouldn't say because i don't know but i'm mad at the person that arranged this album as far yeah. as <laughs> by track you know it, yeah not the smartest and uh speaking of arrangements uh the next one is a pretty different choice for a rock album track number 14 is wrecking ball this is a duet with miley cyrus so the idea to record this came after um dolly and miley sang this on miley's new year's special this past year and I did watch that that was my New Year's special of choice and um it was a very nice tv moment but it was a medley along with I will always love you and it was lovely to hear them and um Miley is Dolly's goddaughter so obviously there's that familial bond that's beautiful between the two um but just because it was cool on tv I don't think that means we need to go into the studio and record it um i don't this is not a rock song first of all not in any way shape or form it never was and it's not here it gets really stripped back but the problem with that is i don't think wrecking ball's a very good song to begin with it's a pretty generic pop ballad that topped the charts because of the video Woo, tell them how you really feel <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So you're not about this one, huh? It, it I I'm not about I am not this particular song, no. I don't think this was the right choice 
for this album. I'm not against having Miley here, but Miley, if they were going to do a Miley Cyrus song, we have the whole Plastic Hearts album, which is a rock album. It would have made much more sense to do a song off of that. I think Angels Like You would have been a really strong choice for Dolly and Miley to do. I know Wrecking Ball was a big hit. Um, Dolly sings the song very well. They both do. But I think the song's a bit beneath Dolly Parton. It's just not... I don't think it's even one of Miley's favorites at this point in time. Yeah, I talk about the mini fantasies again. I Going back to the New Year's show, I would have to think this was one of those... I'd love to do this with my godmother. This would be such a cool thing. And I'm with you. I dig it there. Um, here, I will not say that both of them don't crush this as far as singing together and, and, and doing this. This one for me is a bit of the artist not taking a back back step. This is the like real duet, unfortunately, so far. And I I don't like it in that sense of it feels more put on this album as a I'm going to put this on because my goddaughter, which I dig and it even gets a pass. I was going to say it gets a pass, but I, I'll give it that I, it it belongs here only because of this familial bond and this uh, it, it doesn't fit like you were saying as a rock song. Um, and there's way better Miley rock songs in, in my opinion as well. Um, sang beautifully, but again, this one, not my favorite, not my favorite. Well, also, the familial bond is there, but I think we have to discuss the machine aspect on there. Miley did have one of the top hits of this year, so, I mean, there's definitely, I think, some commercial consideration as to her being featured on the album, because of all these people, many iconic names, how many of them had a hit this year? Yeah, no, I feel you. I, I, again, I don't want to take away from the beauty of them singing. Uh, oh, th- this, yeah. like, you take it off this album. I love listening to them together on this. It, it's a cool composition, but on this album, the way we're talking yeah. about it in the structure of this, eek. no, it doesn't fit this concept at all. That's the problem with it. Now, the uh, good news is that we will do an actual rock song for track 15. Uh, This is I Can't Get No Satisfaction, the very famous Rolling Stones song. Um, She did reach out to Mick Jagger to record this with her. He had a scheduling conflict. So instead, she called in Brandy Carlisle and Pink. So this is a pretty random trio, uh, not gonna lie. Very similar arrangement to the original. Oh boy. <laughs> um, I think that I think this is a the the most natural voice fit for the song is definitely pink. Yeah. She she has that thing. Dolly is a lighter singer. I don't think she sounds bad. It is a bit of a strange fit. Again, Brandy Carlisle was not the right choice to sing a verse on the song at all. I don't think her segment works at all i just she's that has that very nice folksy down the earth kind of thing it doesn't work for the rolling stones and this is perhaps the biggest example of a missed opportunity for me because i understand wanting to do a more up-tempo song 
but the Stones have created some killer ballads. And I think Dolly, just imagine Dolly doing Wild Horses or You Can't Always Get What You Want. That's my biggest thing with this. Uh, This really could have been, Stones are an essential band. I think it's great she covered them. She definitely could have picked a much better song for her. Yeah. uh, We started talking about this before we started the podcast tonight, but I'll tell you right now, this one is the biggest miss on the album for me. Uh, Don't get me wrong. I'm with you on the pink vocal matchup here. Yeah, this is a, oh man, I I don't want to sound too, too terrible, but I'm going to give it straight on this. This is your cookie cutter. All three of these artists happen to be at a festival together. They all know the words to this song and they could do it in their sleep. Let's put them together and do it, whether it works or not. And it doesn't work here, man. You're going to put Brandy Carlisle on there. I, I And I love the ones that you said, but why not do Love and Cup? Love and Cup would have been sick. And I, I don't know if Pink would have fit, but Pink will find a way. She always does inside of it. But any of the songs that we've said would have worked out better here. This just ends up for me being a throwaway stage performance that in really, in my opinion, the only cool thing about it is you get to be like, I saw Dolly Pink and, and Brandy Carlisle on stage together, which unfortunately on an album, that don't mean anything to me. No, it doesn't. And again, so many of our choices. I just thought Shine a Light. That would have been a good... Uh, yeah, man. I think it should have been a Dolly solo. I don't think she needed the guess. I think she should have done a Stones ballad herself, and she would have murdered it. Yeah, Wild Horses would have been sick. Yeah. What was the second one you said? Uh, You can't always get what you want. And that would have been dirty. That would have been super dirty. Yeah. Many better options. This is not it. But, uh, wow, that this is crazy. We are now at the end of the first half of the album. That's insane to me. But because this is a 30-song album, this is a two-part episode. So, with that being said, you gotta stay tuned next week for our thoughts on the rest of the album. Uh, and, um... Yeah, hopefully we will get more satisfaction from it than we did the last song. If, if is... you didn't, yeah, if you didn't say it, I was going to say it. We need some satisfaction after that. We, we definitely do, most definitely. Uh, so until then, do your best to create your own satisfaction while you're waiting for our take on the rest of all of this. Peace.